0: and listen for God through his word. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you discern discern what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvestness of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well it is especially good this morning for me to be back with you. It has been a joy uh this summer. I hope it has been a bless I hope you have been blessed this summer. I'm not going you may remember back in school you'd kind of have your first day or so of school you um have your um your what I did for the summer uh essay you had to write. I'm not going to read an essay to you, and I'm, I'm surely not going to make you watch a slideshow because I love you too much to do that to you. But uh, we have had a, a really uh, good summer. I look forward to sharing with you more about it in in the days to come. So I'm not going to, like I said, not going to bore you with all the last details. But one of the things that that I did this summer and that my family did as well is... I, I love watching movies. I just, that's when people say, what do you do for fun? What do you do to enjoy yourself? And I, I like watching movies, I always have. I like watching them on the TV at home, but I like going to the theater. I like feeling my feet get sticky with the Coke on the floor, you know, beneath me. I, I dropped something the other night in the movies and I had to reach under my seat to get it. And I thought something was gonna bite me when I stuck my hand underneath there. But I like going to the movies. I don't like the popcorn. I like the candy. I like all that. I love going to the movies. So we we went and watched a lot of movies this summer. Um, We saw, even though it was before summer, we saw Solo, thought it was awesome. If anyone would like to have an in-depth conversation with me about how the Solo movie— Fit into the greater Star Wars canon, I'd be glad to sit with you and talk to you about the spoiler at the end and how it relates to both Clone Wars and Rebels. Just come find me after the service and we can have that conversation if you'd like. Uh, we saw that, went to watch Avengers, Love the Marvel stuff, love all that. But we went to see Ant-Man and the Wasp and just had a great time. I, I love that. But at one of the movies we went to see it had a preview for a movie. And when they did this preview, they must have had some insight at what exactly it would be that would pull my heartstrings. Because I have to admit, when the preview I saw for Christopher Robin came out, it got a little misty in the theater. Maybe it was just me, but it really kind of tugged at my heartstrings. And so when we got back home, I looked at the family and said, guys, I don't care who goes with me, but I'm going to watch Christopher Robin. So Friday night I'm not going to give the story away to you but we we went to watch it Friday night and I just love I love that story. I just love the whole Winnie the Pooh story. It's just so it's it's just beautiful. It's innocent, it's charming, it's delightful, it's uplifting, it's kind. It's just everything you want in life. It's just a beautiful story and and the Christopher Robin movie, like I said, I'm not going to give the story away to you. But Christopher Robin, the small boy, has grown up. And he's a man now with all of his adult problems. And the whole movie is about perspective. It's about, it's about understanding how just a slight change in perspective. How just a slight change in how you view things can change everything about that moment. It's really a movie to me about the power of perspective and the power of being thankful and how in the movie, Christopher Robin had kind of lost some of those things, that perspective and that joy and that kindness. And the movie kind of brings it all back around. Just, I, I would encourage you to go see it. It's a wonderful movie. Plus, he's got to talk. I mean, because who doesn't like Eeyore? I mean, Eeyore's the best. I mean, like, I'm not going to say Eeyore stole the movie, but Eeyore stole the movie. I mean, he was just, he was wonderful. You know, just an uplifting ball of joy, Eeyore is. He's the best. Um, Christopher Robin was thankful. And I get that. I'm thankful this morning. I am abundantly thankful this morning. I'm thankful first to my God, who is a God of mercy and grace. And as we read a few weeks back in Lamentations, morning by morning, new mercies I see. I am thankful that I serve a God of grace and of joy and of redemption and of restoration and of hope. I am thankful beyond words to serve the God that I serve. I am thankful to my team here at St. Matthew's. I hope this summer that you missed me, I hope, but you didn't miss me. Church went along. Church went fine. We've got a team in place here that frankly reminds me repeatedly, not by their words, but by how good they are, that I'm really not needed. It's They make it go. I am thankful beyond words for the team that I had the privilege of working with every day. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my bishop and my DS who helped to make this renewal leave possible, and I'm thankful to my family that I got to spend so much time with this summer and just delight in and just have have this space with and time. I am I'm thankful. So I understand Christopher Robin's thankfulness in the movie. And I understand, in the text today, Paul's thankfulness. During, in, in the New Testament, there's, I asked the crowd this morning what the word was. Mnemonic devices. Any of y'all remember when you were in school, mnemonic devices, how you'd, how you'd, you'd remember something by making a sentence of it? Okay, right in the middle of the New Testament... You had this little section, this little, this little pocket of four letters that Paul wrote that are amazing. God's electric power company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. God's electric power company. That's how I always remember that. Those four books are just full of wisdom and full of insight and full of grace. And if you're looking for kind of a section of scripture, sometimes to really dig into and chew into that little section there that Paul writes, that that section has so many good things. And Philippians is so beautiful and that Philippians is a book of joy. Philippians, over and over and over and over again, Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say to you, rejoice. Joy is a constant theme in the book of Philippians. It is a book of joy. And, and here's the thing about this. We see in this that Paul's context in Philippians is not one that should produce joy. He 's in prison. he's been beaten and abused and forsaken paul Paul didn't have a rose garden, y'all. From his very conversion, it seems like things went wrong. It seems like problems emerged. so even paul's ministry uh, Paul. Paul was an an itinerant preacher, going from town to town to town. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Paul, even his ministry was difficult. Sometimes Paul would go into a town, and he would preach, and they'd take him and beat him up and leave him for dead outside the town. And you know what he'd do the next day? He'd go back in town and preach to him again. I'm just telling you guys, After church, if y'all take me outside and beat me and leave me for dead on the side of the road, you need to call the DS because I ain't coming back. Okay? I might not be that smart, but I ain't stupid. I would take that as a negative response, shall we say. Perhaps my message was not well received. Paul had so many challenges in his ministry. And he writes this very letter full of joy while in chains and while imprisoned because Paul understood that joy is not circumstantial. Joy does not flow from your zip code. Joy does not flow from the performance of our schools. Joy does not flow from The stock market, or the savings account, or our home equity, or even our health. Joy is not based upon circumstance, but joy is based upon the deep and abiding knowledge that we are loved by a God who is glorious and amazing and who will never leave us. So yes, Paul can be sitting in prison with chains and saying, I rejoice. For yes, this has been hard. This has been challenging, but I am loved. I am loved and nothing, as Paul wrote in Romans, neither height nor depth nor anything in all of creation can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Paul understood that his joy ultimately was not found in that fleeting, circumstantial moment, but that his joy was found in the love of God. Paul is thankful. We see in our our text today, I think we see at least three things Paul is thankful for. First, Paul is thankful for the people. As I mentioned earlier, he was an itinerant preacher. He would go into a town and preach for a while and and get the church going, and then he'd move on to the next one. And then Paul would communicate with these churches through letters. That was like Facebook for them. They'd write letters. So Paul would write a letter. They'd ask him questions, and he'd answer the letter. He'd answer the questions in a letter. If you go back and look at 1 and 2 Corinthians, they're basically Paul answering questions the church submitted to him. So Paul would, 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 would start a church, and then leave. But we see in this, Paul said, I longed for you. While I was gone, I prayed for you with all the compassion of God, but I was thankful because you continued being faithful. Paul understood something. He understood that the mission of the church was not about him, but that the mission of the church was about the good news and the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Paul was thankful because he knew the people understood why they were doing it. They understood that it wasn't about them. It wasn't about Paul. But it was about Jesus. Paul was thankful for the people that he loved. He was proud of them. I get that. Especially after this summer. I'm thankful for you. I'm proud of you. We're not a perfect church. You show me a perfect church. I'd like to see it because I've yet to find it. But I love who we are. I'm thankful for you. I'm proud of you. Paul was thankful for that. Paul was thankful because he had confidence in God. He said, I am confident that he who began a good work in you will continue it to perfection until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul understood that, that salvation, the very notion of knowing God, is not something that we earn because of our goodness. Paul understood that the very gift of salvation was that a gift. That God doesn't say, well, you messed up today, so I'm going to withdraw my love. God does not withdraw his love. We can run from his love. We can leave his love behind us, but God will not withdraw his love from you. You are his beloved. And Paul says, I am confident that he who began this work in you will finish it. We get it backwards sometimes. We know we're saved by grace. But then we start working and think, well, I'm not doing enough. How many of you have thought recently in the last two weeks, I'm not doing enough for God. I need to do more. Now, yes, we do need to be faithful. Yes, we do need to serve. We need to go. We need to invite. Y'all, I'm gonna give you my stats. The typical United Methodist invites one person to church every 38 years. Okay? This week Invite someone to worship with us next week. And now I'm going to go crazy. Invite them. Sit beside them. Be nice to them. Invite them for coffee. Invite me for coffee too because I don't like coffee. So. Um, invite. Because people need to know that the one who began that work will complete it. The one who has awakened your soul to his grace. Maybe your soul was awakened years ago. Maybe your soul is in the process of being awakened right now. Maybe your soul has not yet been awoken. But the one who reaches out to you with grace, the one who reaches out to you in mercy, will complete that. Paul is thankful Not for the perfection of humans. But Paul is thankful for the perfection of God. The one who saved you will complete you. Don't ever forget that. So Paul's thankful for that. He's thankful for his people. He's thankful for that love of for that that power of God. And then Paul says this I love what he says in verse 10. And verse nine, rather, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, to help you determine what is best. so that in the day of Christ, Jesus, you may be pure and blameless. He is thankful for that love that overflows. He is thankful for the love that his people have for each other, and that love that then overflows to change the entire world. And he's thankful for that love that gives them clarity. That love that gives them purpose. That love that identifies what it's all about. Paul is thankful that they love each other. He's thankful that that love impacts others. He's thankful for love. They're a family. There's no perfect group out there. There's nobody that gets it all right. But they love each other. And that's what defines them. In a world so polarized, in a world where we no longer talk to each other, in a world we talk past each other, doesn't the world need to be be defined by that love of God that changes lives? Paul says, may this love lead you to what is best. Help you discern what is best. What is best? Jesus. Jesus is best. Not activities. Not status. Not money. None of that. All that fade, y'all. Jesus says, why do you labor for that which is not bread and for that which does not satisfy? Jesus alone satisfies, y'all. Jesus alone. He says, "I, I want your love to help you to discern what is best. And what is best? Jesus Christ is what is best. That's what it's about. Like I said, I'm not going to bore you with a daily verbatim of what I did this summer. But I will share with you little things the Lord has taught me. And one of the things that I take away from this summer the most is that Jesus is all that matters. It's funny, the Lord gave me a word early, earlier this summer. He told me this. He told me, and I, it wasn't like the, the, the loud Andy voice from heaven. I don't get those. If you get those, come talk to me because that'd be kind of cool. I don't get them. But he laid a, something on my heart. Told me, Andy, you have exchanged faithfulness for success. I became more concerned with the church growing than I was with the reason why the church should grow. Why should the church grow? Jesus. That's all I want is to know Jesus. That's all I want is to know Jesus. As long as the Lord in his kindness and his mercy gives me breath in my lungs, y'all, I just want to know Jesus. I just want to know him better and better and better and better every day. And as your pastor, that's all I want for you. None of us can fix all the problems None of us can solve everything. There's never enough time or enough money. There's always problems and stresses that pull and distract and take us from what matters. I want to know Jesus. Because only Jesus saves. And only Jesus restores. And only Jesus gives hope. And only Jesus gives life, y'all. I want to know Jesus. Paul said, I want to know Christ and him crucified. That's it. And that's what I want to know for you. I want you to know Jesus. Because everything else fades and withers. But Jesus, he is life. Paul understood that. And that's why he was thankful. Today, may we do the same. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your love and grace, which knows no limits and knows no ends. Help us to know your love more and more each day. We love you so very much we ask in the sweet name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Today is our, our, our we are blessed to be able to receive communion together, so I invite you to turn with me to page 12 in the front of your hymnal for our service of holy communion. You can be found on page 12 in the front of your hymnal. and we have not heard the cry of the needy.